out the Junior High Ministry Podcast at Mariner's Church. For this and more content, check us out online at marinerschurch.org slash jhm. On a side note, did you know that this guy is Aladdin at Disneyland? Did you know that? So when you go to Disneyland, you did that, you did that. when you go to Disneyland and you see, I mean, who gets a picture with Aladdin when he's like, like not Aladdin at Disneyland? That is like better than taking picture with the actual Aladdin when he's there. There, there he is. So, man, that's awesome that we have Aladdin leading worship for us today. That's pretty great. I want a flying carpet. Maybe he can take us up on a carpet next time and sing, swoon us with love songs, right? So, anyway, so we're in this series. It's called Greater Than. That's what all these symbols, these mathematical symbols, which point to something greater, right? I mean, it's this concept that we have a hierarchy in our lives of things, of, of you know, my, my wife. Uh, let, me t- let me put it this way. My wife is greater than any other girl out there, right? I would say that my son is greater than any other son of any other kid out there. My job, I believe, is greater than any other job out there. So we have this hierarchy of the things, of how we place things in our lives. And then we're kind of discovering that maybe this person named Jesus is actually the greatest thing that has ever happened in human history. And we're kind of really figuring out if God is greater than anything else, why is he greater than anything else, and how can I make him greater than anything else in my life? And upon writing this message, I kind of was struck with this idea of belonging, that we all, as junior hires, as even when you go to high school and college and beyond, and as, as in my age today, we are all looking for a place to belong. We are all looking for something to belong to. And to be honest, at times we're like, I don't even care if it's good or bad, but I just want to belong to something. And some of us are going to school, and we might be thinking, I don't belong here. There's not a place that I belong. And some of us might be at home, and we might say, man, I just feel like I don't belong here. And some of you guys might even be sitting in these seats today and thinking to yourself, I don't even know if I belong here. And whatever situation you're in, I want to welcome you today, because this place, I hope, is a place for you. And as we venture into this idea of belonging, and as we figure out that God is actually the greatest person who ever lived, I, ho- I want to welcome you guys here as we, as we go down through that journey. So I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to delve in and see what we can learn today. So let's pray. God, thank you so much that we're here today. And God, whether these students are here because their parents brought them or they're, they're here uh, because they wanted to be here, thank you for bringing them. And I pray that, uh, that you speak through this message and that today, this, this day is for you and that um, we walk away with a greater understanding of who you are. We pray this in your name. Amen. All right, so on your, cha- on your chair, you have this little white piece of paper. It's an outline of the message today. If you want to, you can follow, follow along on that. If not, we also have the Bible verses on the screen. But these outlines, I want to give you the purpose for these. These are for you to maybe put in your pocket, take home with you. We have some questions that you can talk to your parents about later. Give it to your parents. Hey, this is what we're learning today. Take it home with you. Uh, read it throughout the week and see how God is actually speaking to you as your week goes on. So we're in this book called, of, uh, called Colossians. And Colossians was written by this guy named Paul, who, mind you, was actually in prison as he was writing this. He was, he was in prison because in the ancient world, people were actually looking for Christians to take captive, to put them in jails and eventually kill them. 
right? So, so Paul was this Christian, and they found him, and they put him in jail. And then he, and then he started writing letters to churches. And he wrote a letter to this, this, this church at a town called Colossae. Hence the name Colossians. You see that? How that works together like that? So he wrote this letter to Colossians. And many scholars and historians, people who are much smarter than us in here, actually figured out that this church of Colossians was the smallest church and the, what they might think the most, the most insignificant church out of all the churches Paul wrote letters to. Yet God was saying something big, something huge to them. So what was he saying? It's figured out. Colossians... 2, 8. This is what it says. Colossians 2, 8. See to it that no one takes you captive, let's page turn, that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. So this, this verse actually starts out with this weird refrain, see to it. Now when, your mom, when you're getting ready to cross a busy street, what's the first thing your mom tells you? Look both ways. Why? You don't get hit by a car, right? So before you cross the street, your mom's like, come here, come here, I have something to tell you, something really important. Now, before you cross the street, make sure you look both ways. Because she doesn't want you to be walking across the street, right? Hey, don't forget to look both, poof, and a car comes and hits you. That's not the idea. That, that's not what your mom is trying to get across. So before you cross the street, she actually pulls you aside and says, hey, look both ways. I don't want you to get hit by a car, right? I mean, if I'm going to give you my infamous peanut butter and jelly sandwich, which I layer with potato chips. It's fantastic. Beautiful, perfect amount of jelly and peanut butter potato chips in between two white... I could do a commercial for them. Trust me. So I make some really good peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And if I was going to give you one, before you ate it, I'd say, hey, know this, that this is the best peanut butter and jelly sandwich you will ever taste in the rest of your life. Right? I don't want you to be chomping through and go, oh, yeah, this is pretty good, and not realizing that it's actually the best sandwich you've ever tasted. And that's what Paul is doing here. See to it. Be intentional. Know this before you start. See to it that no one takes you captive. Now, what does captive mean? What do you guys think that means? If you could put it into words. You in the back. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Take, be captured. Be thrown in jail. What else? Any other words that you guys have in mind? Prison. Ooh, good one. Trapped. Yeah. What else? Anyone else? controlled by someone else. That's awesome. All those words is what captive means. And Paul is saying, be intentional that nobody takes you captive. But then he continues, through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition rather than on Christ. So we get this picture that this is what the world is. And this is what Christ is. Two opposing views that clash. And our job, he's saying to the church, is we live in a world we live in this world, yet you, we are supposed to be controlled by Christ. It's a difficult thing. It's like, it's like this concept of, you guys know who the replacement refs were in the NFL, right? Oh, man, how many tweets were out there for these replacement refs, right? He loved them because the Seahawks won. So here's the, here's, the, here's the idea. Seattle Seahawks, they're playing the Green Bay Packers. They're going onto the field, right? The Packers are ahead by like three points, right? Packers are ahead. Hey, guys, Pack. Packers are ahead by three points. Comes down to the last play. Oh, man. It's, I mean, people are on the edge of their seats. Seahawks have the ball. They're down by three. 
you know, they say hike, they throw the ball, he throws it to the end zone. Up, up comes a Green Bay Packer. Up comes a Seattle Seahawks. They're both trying to get the ball, right? They both kind of come down, and, and at first everyone's like, I don't know who had the ball, really. And the, and the replacement refs were out there because the real refs were on strike, right? So they had to get these people who looked like real refs. So they come out to the field, and they're like, uh, touchdown, I guess. Touchdown. Seattle wins the game. And the Seattle fans were super happy and all the Packer fans were like, no, you know. As we looked back through the replay, the guy actually didn't catch the ball. It was clearly an interception by the Green Bay Packers. The Packers should have won the game. So there's these replacement refs who look like the real thing, right? They put on the stripes. They put on the shirt. They look like they're the real referees, but they make bad calls. And that's what Paul is saying here. There's things out there. They have, they, they are very, they look like the real thing. They grab our attention. But he said, these things are just made of human hands, human tradition. They're not the real thing. So let's jump ahead, Colossians 2, 16 through 19. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. Do not let anyone who delights in false humility and uh, the worship of angels disqualify you. Such a person also goes into great detail about what they have seen. They are puffed up with idle notions by their unspiritual mind. They have lost connection with the head from whom the whole body supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews, grows as God causes it to grow. So Paul continues. These things, there's things out there. And what he uses in here is something called a new moon celebration and a Sabbath day. Things that, I mean, we don't really think about today, right? We don't really have this new moon celebration. And so what this new moon celebration was, was a celebration where people could come and actually make sacrifices to God. A very normal thing. A thing that was okay. Yet people were adding it to their relationship to God. People were saying, man, I, I don't feel like I'm enough for God, so I have to do something else to add to it. We have these things where we feel like, man, God couldn't accept me. Do I really belong to him. People were struggling to understand that they belonged to Jesus. They were searching for other things to belong to. Why? Because these other things let us compare us to other people. Oh, you don't come to the new moon celebration? You're not a Christian, right? A, a, a thing that I found that, that we do all the time is, is one of these. Check this out. We, we see these on Facebook all the time. Picture, next one, hopefully. There it is. Right? I mean, it's this picture of Jesus. If there's a place for me on your wall, if yes, share this photo on your wall, right? We post these things all the time. And then suddenly, if, if, when I see one and I scroll by one, I'm like, oh man, I just feel so guilty because I didn't share it. But the reality is that people should know that we are a Christian by the way that we live our lives. And that's why I don't share these things. My wall sometimes fills up with these all the time. Hey, you know, if you're a Christian, you know, sometimes there's a corner one that points to like a picture of your profile on Facebook. This guy believes in Jesus. And sometimes those are awesome things, but they are by no means requirements for people to know that I love God and I belong to him. So Paul is saying there's things out there. People who actually, back to that verse, people who actually start to begin to worship angels, 
Because for some reason, worshiping God for them they thought, isn't enough. Jesus just, man, I don't feel like I'm enough. I have to find other things to add to my relationship to Jesus. And the story continues. Colossians 2, 20 through 23. This is what it says. Since you died with Christ, to the elemental spiritual forces of, here's that word, this world, why as though you... St- Uh, Why as though you still belong to the world? Do you submit to its rules? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. These rules which have to do with things that are all destined to perish with use are based on merely human commands and teachings. Such regulations indeed have an appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship, their false humility, their harsh treatment of the body, but they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. Again, these things in our lives, They seem like they're full of wisdom. They seem like they're good things, but God is saying, do not add them to me. I know sometimes you feel like you have to add things because for some reason you think, man, am I dressing the right way? Am I saying the right things? Man, I don't know. I just feel like I have to go out there and start posting things on my Facebook. I feel like I have to go out there and suddenly add things to my relationship to Jesus. When I was uh, growing up, I built a fort. How many of you guys love forts? Yeah, I'm all about forts, you know, whether if it's like blankets over my couch or like cardboard boxes. I did all the, all the kind of forts. I go up to my dad one day. I was like, Dad, I want to build a fort. Yeah, how awesome is that? I was like, okay, you want to build a fort? What do you want it to do? I was like, well, naturally, I want it to be fireproof. I want it to uh, be bulletproof. Um, I don't want, I, you know, I want a passcode entry, that sort of thing. But I was like, okay, okay, let's figure this out. So we went out there, we bought some wood, and we built a fort in my backyard. It was like eight feet tall. And it was like a nine by nine square box. And it was in my backyard. It was my fort. We painted it. I, I built the whole thing. Man, it was the coolest thing. Suddenly, I'd, I, suddenly, my neighbor, his name was Bryce. My neighbor Bryce comes over. He's like, hey, dude, can I be a part of your fort club? And I was like, sure. Now there's two people in my fort club, me and you. We both belong to the fort club. He was like, yeah, so, so me and him are going out. We started this fort club. We hang out in this fort. We sleep in this fort. It's the coolest thing. Suddenly, my friend actually overpowered me. And then he started saying stuff like this to me. Hey, you still want to be a part of this fort? You have to say the creed. So we made up this creed. I had to memorize it. He said, okay. And then he comes back to me. You want to be a part of this fort, mind you, which is in my backyard. I built it, right? He said, hey, you want to be a part of this fort? You have to eat five pieces of pizza in one sitting. And look at me. You think I can do that? No. I can only eat two, two and a half maybe. On a good day. And uh, so I tried to eat five pizzas, five pieces of pizza. I tried to drink the gallon of milk in five minutes or whatever. Now, simply the fact that I built the fort wasn't good enough. Suddenly, I had to do other things to add to make sure that I was a part of this fort club that I built, that I started. Now, this letter... It was written to people to a church. Now, in, the, in, this, in this church, uh, typically somebody would get up in front of the church and they'd read this letter because not everybody could read or write. And they had a small church. They'd get up and say, hey, I'm going to read this letter. And what would happen is, is there's this moment, which I skipped over, where God actually talks about who we are, how we belong to Jesus. And in the church, this is like the plot. I mean, this is like the climax. So like if you're watching a, if you're watching a movie, it's like the part in the movie where you're like, Oh, yeah, man. I mean, at the, like, have you guys seen Rudy? 
Yeah, at the end of the movie, the smallest guy gets carried off the field, and everyone's standing up cheering. This is that moment. When but they'd stand up and read this letter, everybody in the church would be standing up and cheering and saying, yeah, yeah, this is what we're about. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read these verses, and you are going to read the bolded, underlined part, okay? We're kind of going to take a part in what this would look like in the church. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you have been brought to he is the head over every, over every power and authority. In him you are also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Your ruled by the flesh was put off when you were circumcised by Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also with him through your faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you with Christ. He us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it, right. nailing it to the cross, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, right. over them by the cross. So these things that we have in our lives, these things like, man, I, I feel like I should dress a certain way. I feel like I should say certain things. I feel like I should try to belong to other things besides Jesus because simply Jesus isn't enough. Jesus says, Paul says in this letter, that he died on the cross over those things so that we don't have to worry about those things anymore. I remember one time, I, uh, I went to a golf course. I don't know if you guys like golfing or not, if you guys have golfed before. But typically at a golf course, you're not allowed to wear, you know, cut-off shorts and a tank top, right? I go out there in cut-off shorts and a tank top. And everybody looked at me and said, this guy doesn't belong here. They kicked me off of the golf course. Because you have to have a collared shirt, you have to have a certain amount of shoes. And the reality is, you guys... I dressed up today, but I think that sometimes we feel like we have to look certain ways, do certain things, because I want people to look at me and say, wow, that guy has everything together. But to be honest, that's not me. To be honest, this is me. I'm not going to put on this show. I'm not going to do something, right? I'm not going to do something to make myself look like something else. Because you are enough in your most real form. And you belong to Jesus. You belong to Jesus. And know that, that every morning when you guys wake up, and you're finding something and you're searching for something to belong to. Know that you belong to Jesus. You don't have to belong. You don't have to search for other things to belong to. So here's the deal. We're going to go to breakout groups. And in these groups, you're going to receive a card. It looks something like this. And on one line, there's two blank lines. And then it has this greater than symbol. On the first line, I want you to write Jesus. And on the second line, I want you to, to look into your life and think about those things that you're trying to add to Jesus. 
For some of you guys might say, wow, my popularity. For some reason, I feel like I'm not good enough for Jesus, so I have to have this, this popularity thing. Some of you guys might say, the clothes that I wear. For some of you guys, you might say, God's bigger than Facebook. Other guys might say, God is greater than my insecurities or my fear. What is it for you that you will write on this card? Because you belong to Jesus. Let me pray for you guys, and we'll go to breakout groups, okay? God, thanks for these students today. I pray that every day, God, that they understand that they belong to you. God, that it is not something that they have to earn, something they have to do, something they have to go out and change. God, but you love them, that, you, that they belong to you. Who they are, God, you made them. I pray that during this breakout group time, you can help us look into our lives and really understand who you are in our lives. I pray this in your name, amen. All right, girls, you're going to go outside with Diane. Guys, there's sixth grade guys in the back, seventh grade guys up here, and eighth grade guys right up here.